0: From New Orleans, Louisiana, the Big Easy Baby, this is Radio Rotary. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell.
1: And this is Jonah Trebowasser.
0: Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary.
1: Each week, we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People applying Rotary's motto of service above self.
0: And today, we are coming to you from the Rotary International Convention in New Orleans, Louisiana.
1: We are broadcasting from the Cavernous Hall of Friendship in the Morial Convention Center. Join us for the next half hour as we talk to Rotarians from around the world about the great things they are doing to serve humanity. This is Jonah Trebois speaking to you from the 2011 Rotary International Convention here in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. And I'm joined now by Mary Wharton of Burke, Virginia, a Rotarian. Good morning, Mary.
0: Good morning, Jonah. And what uh, do you have here? It's something called Learn, Grow. Tell us about that. It is a, a program that encourages sustainable uh, nutrition and um, food security in developing nations.
1: And how do you go about doing that?
0: I'm glad that you asked. Uh, the program um, teaches people, um, We actually, let, let's start from the beginning. The program has a uh, database of like 23,000 plus edible plants from all around the world. What we try to do is we try to teach people about the plants that are either locally adapted or endemic to their areas that can provide better nutrition for them if they choose to grow them and utilize them in their diets.
1: And we have Rotarians who may be farmers or horticulture experts going to these various countries to do this teaching?
0: Um, absolutely. What we try to do is, um, as you can see, there are a number of wonderful booths in this convention right now. Many of them have agricultural uh, projects going o- on right now. What we try to do is, is augment what they already are doing by giving them more information about the locally adapted plants that they may not already have, particularly the, the information about the nutritional values that, the, um, that could be had if they actually implemented what we um, suggest in their program.
1: And if the folks at home would like to learn more about this, you have a website, right? Yes, we do.
0: What would it be? It's www.learngrow.com. Learn, grow as if it was oh, one no, word. It's www.learngrow.org. I apologize for that.
1: That's quite all right. And learn, grow is one word. Learn, grow is all one word. Okay, so www.learngrow.org and Mary Wharton of Burke, Virginia, thank you so much for what you do to stop hunger around the world. And thanks for joining us on Radio Rotary.
0: Thank you very much for interviewing me. Uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. Welcome back to Radio Rotary. We are broadcasting live from the Rotary International Conference in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. And in the convention center, we've been meeting fellow Rotarians and fellow Humanitarians. Joan and I have stopped by and popped in on one of the polio immunization booths. And we're going to be talking to Hodge Hachra Wilson, and Hachra, where are you from? I'm from Cambridge, Ontario, Canada. You are, I like your accent. Thank you very much. We're collecting accents at this uh, conference, Conference, yes. So tell me, what are you doing here at the conference? I, I'm here manning the booth for Polio Plus, because I lead uh, trips to India. I have been to Africa, two to countries in Africa, and now I've decided to uh, i uh, go to India because there's a need to eradicate polio. We're 1% away from eradicating uh, polio from the, uh, from the world. So when you say that you lead trips, what do you mean by that? Are they, is it all Rotarians? Who goes? How does that happen? You lead trips to? Uh, to India with uh, Rotarians and spouses and sometimes non-Rotarians. Hopefully they'll become Rotarians. And what do, exactly do you do when you're there? Uh, we meet with the Polio Plus office. We have a Polio Plus office in Delhi and they brie- debrief us and tell us what's happening. And then the next day we're taken to this uh, village and uh, we're taken t- to the city where there is polio. And Which is hard to believe that polio does still exist in certain places on the planet. Absolutely, we we you know, but we're very close. We're so what do we what do we say as Rotarians, Hajwa? We're this close. Which is one inch from our for our listening audience. It's the last inch, as we refer to it. Yes, and now we're all at one percent of completely eradicating polio worldwide. Yes. And at this conference, um, we're all very excited because Mr. Gates is here, Bill Gates. Uh, of, uh, fame and fortune, and the Bill Gates Foundation. He and his wife have given uh, Rotarians a challenge grant, which has been met. Can you tell us a little bit about? He's been a partner um, with Rotarians in helping to fund this enormous effort. Uh, we're very close. We're uh, the last time. I don't want to give you the figure because I'm. It changes daily. It uh, we're we're going to hear on Tuesday what we've raised to date for the challenge. And that means because Mr. Gates, Bill Gates will be here as a lecturer at the Rotary International Conference in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yes, he will. And it's very exciting to have him present. And uh, he's... He's such a generous uh, man. His foundation has helped us tremendously. Well, we've had one big challenge grant, millions and millions of dollars. Rotarians around the world met that grant, and so we decided to extend another grant, which we hope that this last bit, this big push, the last effort, will put us to the goal line of completely annihilating and wiping out polio worldwide. I agree, and I hope that would will be the case. As I said, India, they've had one case so in April, up to April, the end of April, just one case outbreak. Oh my! Very, very close. Well, it's not just Bill Gates and the foundation; it's people like you, Hadra, Hadra Wilson from Cambridge, North Ontario. And I'm the Polio Plus Chair for our district, and it's District 7080. And if somebody wanted to read more or learn more about polio um, and trying to wipe it out worldwide, where could they go online? Online uh, to the World Health uh, site, also the Rotary site, R-I, uh, RotaryInternational.org, and they'll give you information on that if they want more, the figures, or what, what we're doing doing the world health uh, global pol- uh, ira- Polioeradication.org eradication org will give them Uh, more information. Thank you, Haja, and thank you for everything that you do. It's humanitarians like you that make the world a better place. Thank you for being on Radio Rotary. You're welcome and thank you for your interview. We're coming
1: to you from the 2011 Rotary International Convention in New Orleans, Louisiana, and we're delighted to have with us Eric Park of Washington, Missouri from the Rotarian Action Group for
2: MicroCredit. Eric, good morning and welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning, how are you today? Just fantastic. And you know, tell us a little bit, what is microcredit? Microcredit, by the name, as it would imply, are very small loans. What we'd like to do is empower people to make a sustainable life through giving them the possibilities of dragging themselves up out of poverty. People tend to look for handouts. Our job is to give them hand-ups as opposed to handouts.
1: So by extending small amounts of
2: credit, uh, you allow them to enter some of the trades or professions? What we try to do is identify people's natural, innate skills and talents, and then by empowering them with a little bit of capital and some knowledge, it empowers them to, again, drag themselves up, you know, to reach the first step on the economic prosperity ladder. Where are some of these loans happening? Are they happening uh, overseas or here in the United States? The United States is a little more problematic because of regulations and laws, but we've literally got programs going in most of the countries you could name, all over Central America, Africa, pretty much all over the world. And uh, how much are these loans, and what are they being used for? It depends on the size of the country as far as how much the loans are. The per capita GDP, if you want to think about it in the way of uh, terms and, and relative sense, most of the loans will range between 10 and 25 percent of per capita GDP. So here in the United States, for example, per capita GDP is about $40,000. The SBA in the United States defines micro loan as being less than 10,000, thereby about 25 percent of per capita GDP. In Central America, for example, in Honduras, um, our per capita loans about $180. So it depends what country you're in and what you're trying to empower people to do. Well,
1: let's take that $180 example. What would the person be doing with that money?
2: A lot of people, and by the way, I should probably mention slightly more than anecdotally that about 80 to 90% of the people that borrow are women. Uh, They tend to be people that have been excommunicated from the traditional financial borrowing mechanisms in those countries. And so the women, we again try to identify, we have some training that we'd like to encourage them to take, but we try to identify as much as possible the skills they bring to the table up front. And what we do is we try to enhance those skills by a little bit of capital and entrepreneurial training. The enterprises they typically get involved with are sewing, Uh, a lot of daycare providers, uh, a lot of cooking, restaurants, baking, uh, things like that. Well that sounds like a
1: terrific program and I know you've got a website and people at home listening are more interested in
2: uh, Rotary Action Group for MicroCredit. Tell us the website. The website is www.ragm.org, as in Rotary Action Group for microcredit. Well, Eric,
1: thank you so much for joining us on Radio Rotary, and thank you for all the great things you're doing to support people around the
2: world. Thank you for stopping by and asking.
0: And we'll be back with more of our coverage from the 2011 Rotary International Convention from New Orleans, Louisiana, after these important messages.
3: Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or
0: sweaters or suits just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion.
1: For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org.
0: 9, 2, 9, or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.
1: That's 877-277-6233. Or visit our website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V.com. Leave the E off of save for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become
2: a lifesaver.
0: Hudson Valley Talk Radio.com.
1: This is Jonah Trebowasser welcoming once again to the 2011 Rotary International Convention in New Orleans, Louisiana and our exclusive coverage. And our very special guest is Dr. Larry Deep of Tallahassee, Florida. He is a physician and I supreme to recall from last time, Larry, you and I spoke, you're a pediatrician, right? I am exactly that. Right. And, and we're going to talk about the scourge of diabetes because he's part of the Rotary Action Group for
4: Diabetes. Larry, welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you so much, Jonah. You, you are so correct when you use the word scourge. It's in the world, 250 million people um, headed towards 300. Every place you look, more and more people have diabetes. Even in uh, our United States, um, we're over 23 million and counting. Um, they estimate that... Children born in the year 2000, so now they're 11-year-olds, up to a third of them will develop diabetes in their lifetime. So scourge is a good word. Let's get some very basic information out first. What is diabetes? Well, diabetes is an abnormality of blood glucose. People whose blood sugar is too high, and when they reach a certain level, and in the United States, um, that number is 126. If you you cross over into Canada and people hear it, it'll be 7 millimoles. But uh, nevertheless, after that, you actually have diabetes. And you're at risk for complications from diabetes.
1: Now, what's the difference between juvenile onset and adult
4: onset? Because I know people who've had both. Well, today we would call it type 1 and type 2 because I know 40-year-olds who developed type 1 diabetes, and we are in the midst of uh, 15 and 16-year-olds developing type 2. So, calling them adult and juvenile doesn't work anymore. Type 1 diabetes is uh, the kind that requires insulin, basically, to live and your pancreas just stops making insulin. Type 2 diabetes occurs in people at risk who tend to get overweight, and then sort of, it's the simplest way to describe it is their pancreas isn't able to keep up and make enough insulin.
1: Well, thank, the, yeah, thank you for making that so clear. Um, now the uh,
4: type 1 diabetics, are they,
1: is it inherited? Is it, Are they born with it? Is it a birth defect? How does that
4: happen? Well, we know that people who have type 1 diabetes are at genetic risk. So there are tests that we can look at the risk to develop diabetes. But the greatest risk still is not 100% in those with the highest risk. And so most diabetes doctors today believe there's something in the environment that triggers that person at risk to go on and get diabetes. And before you ask me, there's no Nobel Prize being shared this morning. So uh, we'll leave that up to my colleagues around the world who want to get that Nobel Prize. So now uh, that's
1: the one that's controllable by insulin. You said is it still only injectable or do do we now have uh, pills for that? Nope, only injectable. Right now, the type 2 diabetes, which is somehow related to weight, when we hear all the stories about uh, our kids having too much time on the computer and the video games and not getting out, running around and playing, climbing trees, and therefore uh, there's this uh, obesity epidemic among youth. Is that what's causing the type 2 diabetes
4: or leading to it? Everyone who's overweight doesn't get diabetes, important to say. And so it's not the only thing, but if you are at risk, and their family history is a powerful thing. If your grandfather, if your mother has diabetes, and they developed it as type 2 later in life, and you're putting on pounds, you very well may be putting on your risk for diabetes. Well, Dr. Larry, what are you and other Rotarians like you doing about this? Diabetes is such an epidemic that a group of interested Rotarians said that we ought to do something organized as as Rotary to, to pursue diagnosis and treatment of people with diabetes and to help maybe even prevent. The first programs have involved children with diabetes mostly because um, it's a smaller population. And secondly, because of Rotary's international focus, children with diabetes around the world die because they don't get treated, because they don't get insulin. And that's not something that happens for us in the United States. All of our children get treated. And so keeping children from dying is so Rotary. And uh, it is, it's just so Rotary. I mean, we, we, if you think about projects around the world that Rotarians can easily become compassionate about, that would be one. And fortunately, through um, colleagues and other people trying to do it too, we've teamed up with a program called Life for a Child, part of the International Diabetes Federation. And so Rotary provides sort of the, the money and the passion, and Life for a Child can provide the expertise to reach out to clinics, work with doctors, and if we can help provide the insulin, they'll see to it that the insulin is used wisely and properly.
1: So for people listening around the world to Radio Rotary and the sound of your voice, they want more information, how
4: can they go about finding out more about diabetes? Well, you know, I'd give you two websites, one for Rotary is www.ragdiabetes.org, Rotary Action Group Diabetes.org, RAG Diabetes. And for people worldwide, uh, they can also go online for lifeforachild.org, discover how that program is reaching out to children around the world.
1: Well, Dr. Larry Deeb of Tallahassee, Florida, thank you for everything you're doing to combat diabetes. And thank you for joining us this morning on Radio Rotary. It's my pleasure. Well, Sarah, we run into one of our favorite Rotarians, our incoming district governor, Tonsuk Darawalla. Tonsuk, how are you enjoying New Orleans? And I'm going to
0: jump in here. (laughs) Thought you could pull that off. You can't. You are kissing up to Tonsuk because he's the incoming district governor for 7210. You mean
1: he's not your favorite (laughs) Rotarian?
0: He's what? many favorite Rotarians. If I said he was my favorite Rotarian, that would hurt your feelings and you would cry.
1: You're right. Can I talk to Tom Sook yeah. now? Hi, Tom Tom Sook. Uh, how are you enjoying New Orleans?
3: Uh, before I answer that, can I answer that? <laughs> no, it's wonderful. It's really nice. Uh, and yesterday we went to the Sound of the South uh, Music Concert. Did you and really? It that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: but you spent, you spent quite a bit of time in Louisiana. Yes, I
3: have. I have. Uh, so and this is almost like my hometown. I
0: was going to say, this must be a little nostalgic for you.
3: Yes. We were here only two months ago, so that's how nostalgic it is. So Tonsuk
1: as incoming district governor. It must be quite a thing to be surrounded by 18,000 Rotarians and, and seeing all the great good works that are happening in the House of Friendship. Uh, have,
3: it, have you picked up any ideas you want to bring back to the Hudson Valley? Well, one of the ideas I want to bring back is the uh, uh, program on youth. And uh, what we saw today, 210 Youth Exchange students carrying the banners, carrying the flags of 200 different countries, and they were all from Central, South, USA, Youth Exchange students.
0: Oh, my. That that must have really kind of tugged at your heart a bit. Oh, yes, it did. and very moving.
3: Yeah, I mean, being from a foreign country myself, <laughs> it's really wonderful. To and be Tansuk,
0: Tansuk, remind our listeners what your country, where you come from, where you hail from originally.
3: Yes, I am originally from India, and uh, I've been here for a long time, but I love it. Uh, and especially in Louisiana, in the Cajun country. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is I don't know sir, how to speak cages, uh, the language, the Creole.
0: All you need to say is bouton roulette. Bouton roulet. Which is let the good times roll. Yeah. And you're... Encore. You, encore, encore. And, and or... You're in New Orleans. It's the big easy, baby. It's it's, it's bigger than big. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tonsa Darawal, our incoming district governor,
1: uh, have a great year as district governor, and uh, d- glad to have you speak again once
3: again on Radio Rotary. Well, thank you for what you've been doing for Radio Rotary, but more important than that, for the Rotary International itself. Uh, so thank, thank you.
0: you. Thank you, Tansa. This is Jonah
1: Treeb, Boston, speaking to you once again from the 2011 Rotary International Convention, and our very special guest on Radio Radio Rotary is the president of Rotary International. Ray Klingensmith, President Ray, welcome once again to Radio Rotary. Oh, thank you so much. I'm delighted to meet you here. After we talked by telephone earlier on, and we did the interview. So you must be thrilled at the fact that we've got 18,000 Rotarians joining you to just celebrate
2: all the great service that Rotary does. That's right. I'm pleased by the crowd and I'm very pleased by the events that have taken place. Everything has uh, gone exactly the way I hoped, so I'm highly pleased with the convention.
1: Well, after being so busy for the last two years being president-elected and president of Rotary International, with 1.2 million members around the world, what are you going to be doing now next year? I'm going home and do all the honey two
0: jobs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, know, you know, you had a, a great uh, motto. All of the Rotary uh, Presidents in recent years have had a theme. Yours was building community and bridging continents. Do you feel we've done that in the past year? Oh, I
2: think we've done that for the last 20 years. It's just that I wanted to emphasize what we do best, and that is building communities, bridging commons.
1: Well, President Ray Cleansmith of Rotary International, thank you so much for joining us once again on Radio Rotary. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. Well, sir, I don't know about you, but I had a terrific time here in New Orleans. That's how you pronounce it, right? No. <laughs> All right, so how do you pronounce it? Let's do it right.
0: All right, let's do it right. Drum roll, please. It's New Orleans.
1: Well, that's where I've had a terrific time. How about you?
0: I've had a great time because you know what, Jonah? What? New Orleans is the easy baby
1: <laughs> well folks thank you so much for tuning in to Radio Rotary I hope you enjoyed our exclusive coverage of the uh, 2011 Rotary International Convention and Sarah and I have had a great time bringing you the show and I hope you've enjoyed it be sure to join us again next Friday morning at 9 for another edition of what Sarah? Radio
0: Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio thanks folks